Welcome to The Real Spiel with Ryan and Kurt. This is Ryan Katz from USCF Investments. And this is Kurt Nelson from Summerhaven. Thank you all for joining us today. Let's get real about inflation. We just saw our most recent CPI print, 7.5% year over year in January. Uh, we were told you know, this was transitory. A lot of folks weren't in, uh, didn't have inflation on the radar whatsoever. Yet here we are, and, and we're feeling it from all angles across different markets. Kurt, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, inflation has been sort of off everyone's radar for like a decade. The last time we worried about it was after the financial crisis when we had, if people remember, quantitative easing, you know, QE1, QE2, and Ben Bernanke talked about the helicopter that was going to dump, uh, you know, dollar bills out to, to shower on the economy. And inflation didn't happen. So I think there was just a lot of, uh, um, I guess, suspending disbelief that we could print money um, with impunity. But what we've seen over the last two years is something extraordinary. We've seen the Fed balance sheet grow, as you mentioned, and we've seen M2 money supply, as reported by the Fed, grow at a pace that we've never seen in U.S. history before. And I think it's finally coming home to roost. So, um, you know, at first, no one worried about inflation. And we started to see prints of 3 4 5%, 6%. And we were told it was all transitory. It's all going to go away. And then it printed seven, then it printed seven and a half percent. So um, I think that uh, if you think about trend following, the trend has clearly been higher inflation and higher for longer. Um, so I, I think something everyone has to put into their financial forecast going forward. Yeah, I mean, it, and we were talking about inflation when I joined USCF six years ago and uh, and finally came and it, it came pretty quick. Uh, let's talk about what the Fed can do to really control inflation and, and the massive amount of government spending we've seen coming out of the COVID pandemic. Do they have any ammunition to really fend off this inflation and, and, and how can they do it? Sure. I mean, we, we saw this type of movie before back in the 70s. We saw a lot of uh, government spending and uh, the Fed was really behind the eight ball um, on constraining inflation before we had the energy crisis and the OPEC cuts to oil production in the uh, in the embargo, the oil embargo in the late 70s, you know, that led to, to crazy rates of inflation, things that we, it's hard to even fathom now, you know, like persistent rates of uh, 10, 12, 15%. And interest rates and mortgages were, were similarly really high. So at the time, uh, Volcker, who was the head of the Fed, just decided, you know, I, I have to pull this back. And it was painful, but he hiked rates significantly, uh, was very disciplined. And in fact, I would say largely the reason why people respect the Fed today is because of those, that, that tough medicine that, that uh, the Fed was willing to put the U.S. economy through back in the 70s. What it did lead to was the 81 recession, which before the financial crisis was kind of the worst pullback economically in the U.S. since the Great Depression in the 30s. So it, it, there is a cost to bear. Um, that said, the Fed, I think, arguably has a very simple role in managing, you know, U.S. Uh, economic um, productivity and and money supply. It has two 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 key kind of polar stars. One is or north stars. One is uh, to support full employment. And the second is to manage inflation. Um, so when you say, is there something that the Fed can do? Absolutely. I mean, they can tighten. They can hike rates. Um, they're worried about that, though, because we don't have full employment in the U.S. There's not a phantom unemployment. There's a lot of uh, kind of un underemployed. Um, and so this recovery kind of out of COVID is still somewhat uh, tenuous. And I think they're very 
concerned about tipping that apple cart by hiking. That's why I, I think that's why the Fed will hike. Yep. I think people believe they will, but they'll probably move slower. They'll probably take more time um, in an effort to try to um, kind of mute the the negative effect of constraining inflation. That, that said, there's no question in my mind that they will lose their credibility if we start to see really sharp prints, potentially because of this, uh, you know, conflict between Ukraine, Ukraine and Russia um, or other unexpected events. If inflation starts to rip even higher, uh, the Fed will take drastic measures. Yeah. And, and I guess one, uh, kind of an add on to that or piggyback, the Fed's balance sheet has more than doubled since March of 2020, um, you know, purchasing uh, bonds from from the market is that what is that what's holding them up from increasing rates right now? I think so. You know, one of the problems is that they are very deliberate. You know, they they try to message well in advance and not surprise the market by what they're doing. Um, and I think that's good practice. I think it's it's sound policy. The problem with that is that we've had this uh, you know su- supportive measures coming out of the Treasury or out of the Fed because of COVID. Um, and they've been in place for a long time. So if you recall, you know, expressions like tapering, um, you know, they're, they're trying to pull back from their support for financial markets before they can start to tighten. Um, and they're not even going to be it, it, today's, you know, like, you know, February, late February right now in 2022, they're even, they haven't even completely stopped their supportive measures yet. They're going to stop in March. They can't hike rates until they stop putting money back into the system. So, and, and I think the other thing I'd highlight is they're not selling assets off their balance sheet. They're just agreeing not to acquire more assets. And so I think that liquidation is, is, will, will have a pronounced effect on the market. It's one of the tools that the, the U.S. government can use if they want to try to constrain economic growth and activity, uh, if they feel inflation is getting out of control. Right. But, it's like turning an aircraft carriage. It takes a long time. Uh, and it, we still are in the last few weeks of an accommodative stance. Yeah. Not even neutral. Interesting. Um, maybe before we wrap, wrap it up, it seems like we could go on and on for this. And I'm sure we'll have to re- uh, revisit the inflation topic um, many more times as we go throughout this year. Um, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit uh, like about how the Fed has handled the distribution of this um, or I should say the government has handled this distribution of, of stimulus versus the, the uh, financial crisis where, you know, they gave a ton of the money uh, all to financial institutions and the banks. This one was very different. Yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the the financial crisis in 2000, sort of 8 to 2009, 2010, that was by, you know, definitionally, it was financial in nature. And really what the government was doing is shoring up credit and um, and debts that, that banks or other borrowers uh, might have. Um, and that's where the, the benefits flowed. So you really saw a lot of uh, financial asset inflation uh, after the financial crisis. And we've seen stocks go up kind of 350 to 400% over the last decade. Um, what's really different in, I think, the government's uh, response. And this is, you know, the Fed is the executive branch through Treasury, but it's also Congress through legislation that was enacted is we saw a lot of direct payments to the consumer. Um, so we saw um, uh, 
you know, tax rebates that were accelerated. We saw um, business loans that were forgiven to small businesses to prop them up and support them. So you didn't see, you know, billions and billions going directly to banks. You saw it actually going into the real economy. And surprisingly, what that led to was, you know, uh, housing construction, remodeling, um, uh, people investing in technology because they were working from home or doing school from home. So there were a lot of... uh, I guess, uh, you know, demand effects while supply was constrained uh, that we didn't really see uh, in the crystal ball before this whole thing happened. Uh, And that's been a big factor in driving prices higher and inflation. Yeah. And also looking at property prices uh, since the pandemic began. And uh, we've talked about maybe how rents can tie into CPI. We're still looking at that, that big wave coming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, housing prices, you can look at di- different measures. Case-Shiller is, uh, is a really good one uh, that's been around for a long time. We saw, you know, housing prices grow by 15 to 20% annually uh, in the last few months. That, that's a huge, huge print, kind of the highest year-over-year you know, price increases, even, even before uh, the, the financial crisis, which was partly real estate-led. So, um we know that housing prices are not part of CPI, uh, but rent and what's called rent equivalents are. And uh, the Fed themselves, the Dallas Fed, for example, has published a study recently within the last year that said these higher uh, real estate prices filter into higher rent and rent equivalents, but with about a 12 to 18 month lag. So um, you can be certain there's a pretty healthy tailwind to consumer prices and CPI calculations, you know, for basically through 2022, maybe into the first half of 2023, simply based on price increases we've already seen. Uh, They're already done. They're already baked. Um, And so I I think the notion uh, of inflation being transitory has been pretty effectively dispelled um and not just by uh you know uh summer haven or uscf but even by the fed themselves yeah jay powell chairman powell recently said in his last minutes yeah i think we just need to eliminate transitory from our vocabulary and he says this is now just inflation yeah and it's i think it's the right time to to hedge inflation portfolios for sure yeah well so i want to thank everyone for listening with us today um And be sure to check out additional podcasts in the future. Sounds good.